Welcome to the Bethany Covenant Church Sermon Podcast. We are a multi-generational community in Berlin, Connecticut. Our services are held Sundays at 9.30 a.m., and you can find out more about us at www.bethanycovenant.org. Thank you, Julian. Good morning. It's good to see you all here this morning. If you've been with us the last couple of weeks, you know that we have been looking into God's Word to us, to the Bible, and trying to discover a bit about what it looks like to grow, to mature as a disciple of Jesus. Those of us who have said yes to following him, what does it mean to grow in that quest and in that task? And we've discovered that actually the Bible says that to grow up into Christ means at least partially to become more childlike. We see that Jesus taught that to receive and enter the kingdom of God, we need to receive and enter it like little children. In fact, Jesus went so far as to say, unless we become like children, we won't receive the kingdom at all. We saw that Jesus invited those who drew near him to say goodbye to their seemingly grown-up worries so they could rest. Rest and embrace the kind of light and free living their creator intended for them. Rest and cast off burdens never intended for them. Children can rest, we know, because they're a lot less likely than us adults to be tormented at night by responsibilities and burdens that are really beyond their responsibility anyway. We saw, too, that Jesus invites us to receive from God those things that God gives to us, for us to receive those gifts, even those challenges from God in an open-handed, childlike way. To receive those things with less of the adultish filters we tend to have in place. To receive while we trust God, while we embrace the things that God gives us, and to find ourselves growing in joy for those good gifts and for the giver of those gifts himself. And this morning we'll see that the kind of childlike faith that God invites us to embrace will also see us respond more and more like children even as we grow up and become more mature as disciples of Jesus. But before we dig into this idea of responding like children, I would like to test your visual responses. I want you to look at this image. Now, this is going to be frustrating. I won't give you enough time to memorize this, but we can crowdsource this, okay? So everybody try to remember the things in this image as well as you can. All right, let's go to the next slide, please. Okay, so what's missing? <laughs> Somebody must notice something missing. Flowers, good. What else? The, the, the scooter, yep. Flowers. Cloud. Hey, you got them all. Uh, but there's a little twist, too. There's a new item on this slide, too. The lamp, nice, good job, you got it, 100%. So often, um, we can't respond to what's in front of us, of us because we just don't even notice what's there. We don't take the time, we don't clear, you are so focused, I've never seen you so focused <laughs> on that slide 
And usually we're so distracted with our adultish uh, things and busyness that we don't pay attention to what's in front of us. Instead, we're usually focused on uh, our calendars or our cell phones. Maybe our, mind, our eyes glaze over because our minds are, are full of what's next and our responsibilities and our burdens. In order for us to respond to the things of God, we have to be in a position to notice them in the first place. As Elizabeth Barrett Browning wrote, Earth's crammed with heaven, and every common bush afire with God, but only he, who seek, only he who sees takes off his shoes. The rest sit round and pluck blackberries. Now, maybe it would be pretty childlike for us to gorge ourselves on blackberries until our, our hands and our mouths are stained with juice. But the point here is, if we're so busy, so distracted to see God at work around us, to see the divine in our everyday lives, we're never going to be able to respond. We might just be too busy. Now, we know children can be busy as well, but when they fill up their days, they tend to do so from a sense of wonder, from a sense of opportunity, even from a sense of joy. We tend, as adults, perhaps, to fill our days out of a sense of burdensome obligation, or maybe out of a tenacious desire to somehow get ahead. But if we choose to slow down long enough to catch our breath, to pay attention, to notice what God is up to around us, then maybe we have a chance to respond like a child. And here's the paradox of childlikeness. We know children often feel small. They recognize their relative powerlessness. And we see that children often assume they can do anything. They know they can at least do something. As adults, we try to outgrow that feeling of powerlessness because it scares us. We don't like to be powerless. It's no fun to feel small. It's frustrating. It's frightening to have something that we want to accomplish and we find we can't. But a sense of powerlessness by way of recognizing our own human limits can also be liberating. It's when we feel small that we rely on things that are bigger than we are. It's when we feel small we're most likely to turn to our Heavenly Father. It's when we feel powerless, feel stuck, that we recognize we need a rescuer, we need a savior. It's when we feel small and inadequate and not enough that we reach out to the people around us for help. And as we turn for help, we recognize we were never meant to live life alone in the first place. God has beautifully knit together the body of Christ as brothers and sisters. It's when we recognize that we don't have all the answers that we stop and ask questions and then pause to listen and find the Holy Spirit ready and willing to speak to us. Like children, we can recognize that we're small. We can actually grow a bit more comfortable in that smallness, a bit more comfortable in our skin and recognize we are who we are and we are not yet all that we will become. We will continue to grow up. We recognize and own and be at ease with our own limits and limitations as we grow more childlike. 
we understand more deeply. We were designed, we're wired to need something, to need someone bigger than us. Someone to whom we can cry out, Abba, Father. This Aramaic word, Abba, for father, or even maybe a sense of daddy, occurs just three times in the New Testament. And every time we encounter it, we see that it's not a word that's used about God, but it's actually a word, it's a cry of one's heart addressed to God. You see the word first appear in the mouth of Jesus as he prays to his father in the garden of Gethsemane. On the night ahead of his arrest and the day of his crucifixion, Abba, Father, Jesus cries, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. And then we see the word, this name Abba, again twice in the writings of the Apostle Paul. In letters that he sent to churches in Rome and Galatia, Paul writes that God has given the believers in Christ, followers of Jesus, the Spirit as a gift, and that it's by that Spirit that we cry to God, Abba, this intimate address. And Paul says it's the Spirit himself within us that somehow, that sometimes cries out that name on our behalf. Children know that they're too small to be alone, and we can learn from them. Children know that need to cry out to mom, to dad. They look to the one who loves them, and they know their limits, they know their needs. And so it's not surprising, I think, that when Jesus teaches his disciples to pray, out of all the words and names and addresses he could use for God, Jesus says, talk to God as our Father, as your Father. Children realize they're small and relatively powerless. But I think we can learn childlikeness from children among us too by watching to see how mighty and powerful they are as well. We can watch their boldness and their confidence in recognizing there's plenty that they can do. Sometimes they uh, overestimate their abilities. Because children haven't grown up enough. They haven't been told that they're not good artists. And so they just draw. They just create art. They haven't learned the dangers of friendship they haven't learned the intricacies of social structures, and so they just make friends. And more likely than adults, they'll do it without bias. Children have confidence that even though they can't do everything, the things they do matter. And so as followers of Jesus seeking to grow into maturity as disciples, seeking to somehow receive and enter the kingdom of God like children, I think we can learn from children that what we do actually matters. I think of a child saying, I made you a card. And regardless of what that card looks like, they know that that card is important because they made it. When Jesus calls, follow me, we can respond. Even if that's all we can do in that moment is to take that first step. I think about what I see happening during the week here at Bethany as our Little Blessings preschool classes uh, come in and out of our space. Little Blessings is our, our ministry partner. There's a preschool that's held here during the week. 
And every day I get to see classes uh, following their leader, following the teacher. And sometimes there are delays or bumping or scuffling or distractions, but generally when those teachers say, let's go to the gym, let's clean up, let's head outside, that's what the kids do. And I love to see how they follow joyfully. And I've been reminded that actually the simple act of responding and and obeying someone who's bigger than us and who's actually looking out for our best interests, that can be pretty fun. That can be pretty joyful. And so as children of our loving Heavenly Father, we respond to God by doing those things that God has called us to do. And not just because we're convinced that it's the right choice to obey, that it's the right thing to do, but we're convinced that the things God calls us to do will matter that God will empower our choices and actions to make a difference, that God has given little children, even us, his children, agency in the world to make a difference in God's kingdom. And it might sound almost impossible to believe, but we hear the words of Jesus in John 14 remind his disciples, truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And so we respond. We respond like children, trusting and obeying. And as we do, we find that we're filled with good things. Not that everything God calls us to will be easy. In fact, if we look at the thread of Scripture, it's crystal clear that sometimes God will call us to difficult choices and challenging actions. But as we respond to Jesus, we We'll feed on the fruit of obedience and we'll grow closer in fellowship with him. We see Jesus model to his disciples this kind of faithful and fruitful obedience and responsiveness in John 4. John tells the story of the day that Jesus encountered a woman who had come out midday to collect water, a Samaritan woman. And that day we know that Jesus was paying enough attention to sense an invitation in this encounter, to sense that God was up to something. He attended to the nudgings of God's spirit. And so he, he had a conversation with this woman. He told her about the living water that she could receive if she turned to him and recognized and received him as the Messiah. And at the end of their conversation, the woman hurries off to tell her neighbors about Jesus. We read in John 4, <coughs> excuse me, just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman, but no one asked, what do you want, or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. And his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Jesus that day was feasting on the food of responsiveness, more satisfying than any meal, Jesus uh, 
found the joy and satisfaction of doing the Father's will resting on him and sinking deep inside him. Jesus was able to say, this is what fills me up. This is what I was meant for. A childlikeness in our own faith and our own lives as, as disciples will help strip away some of the adultish filters that can get in the way of our responding to God. Because as we grow up, we find ourselves thinking and saying things like, well, it'll never work anyway. It's not worth the trouble. Maybe I'll fail and look foolish. It's too much hassle. I'm not sure I've ever heard a little kid use the word hassle. We grow into that word. We see Jesus not tangled up in the busyness or distractions of life and ready to respond to that woman that day, to the work of God's Spirit leading him into that conversation so he could respond to her deepest needs. God has given his children a surprising level of freedom, of empowerment, of agency in the world. Pastor Mandy Smith writes in her book, Unfettered, God's first children in Eden were strangely potent. God gave them power to name, to steward creation, to join him as co-creators. There's a surprising humility required in using our agency, in putting our gifts out there and contributing our voices. Children know how to do so in a way that assumes they have something to offer. And girls, I want to thank you this morning for sharing your voices with us. There's no need to be everything just to be something. No need to be everyone just to be someone. When children share their art, their ideas, their energy, it's with the sure knowledge that they're part of a whole, they're one voice in a chorus. But when we as adults are driven by the shame of what's missing in us, believing that our one small voice can't have the force of a whole choir, then our ordinary agency can turn corrosive. Unused, it gnaws at our insides. Overused, it consumes others. Either way, it does violence, whether to our own souls or to the souls of others. But agency, emptied of the need to be everything, leads to engagement in a way that trusts we have something to contribute, small though it may be. As I've been thinking this last week about growing in a childlike response to Jesus, I think about the response of those first disciples that Jesus called along the shores of Galilee. I think about Peter and Andrew dropping their nets and following Jesus. I think about James and John hearing the call of Jesus, follow me. And they said, see you, Dad, to Zebedee, and they just left him in the boat and walked away. I'm sure to anybody watching that day, this must have seemed more than a bit reckless, maybe even more than a bit impulsively childlike on the part of these disciples called by Christ. But I love the way they model responsiveness. I'm sure when they followed Jesus that day, they didn't exactly fully understand what he meant when he told them, I'm gonna teach you to fish for people. But somehow in that invitation, they knew that what they were being called to was going to be exciting, 
that it would be worthwhile, that it would make a difference. And so they responded with their feet. As we close this morning, I'd like for us to read aloud together a passage from Psalm 43. So I invite you to stand as you're able. And as we lift these words to God, as you hear them coming out of your own mouth, I want you to listen for the language of response, the language of response to God who acts first in our lives. Let's read together. Send me your light and your faithful care. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy mountain, to the place where you dwell. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God, my joy and my delight. I will praise you with the lyre, O God, my God. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. And so, brothers and sisters, as children of God, may we take time to notice what our Father is up to around us. May we take time to listen to the calls and invitations of Jesus, our Lord. And may we respond as the Holy Spirit prompts us and empowers us to respond. Please join me in prayer. Father, Abba, Daddy, thanks that we're your kids. Thank you for our brother, Jesus. Thank you for the family of Christ into which you have adopted us. By your spirit, would you grow us in childlikeness and in Christlikeness. We ask this in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen.